2: Good everyone, and welcome to another episode of On the Turnbuckle here on mypodcasthouse.com or whatever you're listening to us on. Thank you for joining us. Once again, I introduce my co-hosts as I do each week. I say good day to Welshi
0: and Lyle. Hello, boys. It's a very good day from me, Tony. How are you?
2: I'm oh, excellent, thank you, Welshi. Lyle, how are you, my friend? Yeah, can't complain, mate, in the current
0: circumstances. Going on.: right. I've or else. been complaining all day.
3: I'm saying yeah, but on the podcast I'm not ah, complaining. No, yeah, pretending complain bloke. on the podcast, off air, I <laughs> complained the whole day.
0: You're
2: right. And we make an apology for our mate uh, Brent Welsh, who is uh, not under, He's not well at the yeah, moment. Full names, me. Oh,
3: It's Like you're introducing
2: so, yourself to someone. That's never been done before, has it? Uh, you got name right at least. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I didn't call him Brett uh, Welsh. You're a bit of the cold, mate. Oh, i was three weeks into the cold now, so. Um, getting used to it.
2: Well, it's definitely not COVID because that only lasts for 14 days. So,
0: well, I got the test, so it wasn't COVID. Yeah. Uh, good. Sure. But how pleasant that experience.
2: Uh great interview last week, Jet Ruka. He was a a good young kid, a star that boy.
0: Yeah, I love Jet. Good kid. Um, and a good interview, good chat. He's doing these um, doing his Twitch thing while he. Uh, has some time off from wrestling and uh, he chose a good time to have some time off.
3: Yeah, Yeah, the rest of the country had to take the time off with him. So, yeah, no, good on him doing the the Twitch thing and, you know, maybe they can do a mini reality TV series with that wrestler house they've got going at the minute. A bit of chaos going on there, Tony, for sure.
2: Yeah, exactly. Hey, Welsh speaking of Twitch things, uh, we should also mention that we're a proud sponsor of a Twitch thing.
0: Proud partner of a Twitch channel, yeah. Um, The Power of Grint, which um, is Grant Hogan's um, Twitch channel. And when he's uh, doing his wrestling um, streams, uh, yeah, we're definitely a partner of that. So, he did one recently where they watched the EPW show, and um, him and Ree, uh, MCW's social media darling, uh, watched an EPW show, so If you want to check that out, um, get onto his Twitch channel and um, have a look.
2: And apparently one of the people that were very active in the comments section throughout that whole Twitch feed was uh, one of our guests coming up a little bit later on, Gavin McGavin.
0: Yes. um, I know that he he, uh, definitely watched the stream and he said it was a really good way to look back at a show that he'd done previously and and relive sort of the action of the show and see some of the matches that... He didn't get the opportunity to see when he was um, backstage.
2: I'll uh, try and remember to ask him that question a little bit later on. But right now, you
0: forget. uh, uh, Yeah,
2: yeah, well, we'll see. I should be okay. (laughs) All right, guys, joining us on the line is a man who celebrates an anniversary this week. Two years ago, he became the first ever EPW Perth Grand Slam champion. Who would have thought five months ago he would have stopped wrestling for a period of time, as everyone has. (laughs) Gavin McGavin joins us. Gavin, welcome to the show. And first of all, reminiscing two years back, does it seem like yesterday?
4: Oh, it does. Uh thanks for having me first of all. But yeah, when um when I realized today I looked at the date and I realized August twenty fifth, and I thought maybe one year, but no, it's been two whole years since I since I won the EPW championship. It feels I thought it was not that long ago, but now that I think back of all the matches I've had between and the trips I've had, it's kind of feels like a lifetime ago almost.
2: And the second part of that, uh, if I was to tell you seven months ago that you would never be wrestling for the majority of 2020, you probably would have had me locked up.
4: Oh, it's, it's so, so bizarre. I mean, this is the longest I've gone without having a match since before I was a wrestler. Since, since I debuted back in 2009, I've never gone this long without wrestling. And it's been really, really strange. Um, I suppose it's, it's kind of good for the body a bit to rest it up. But it's just very, very odd not getting in there and, and wrestling. And I think everyone over here is, well, everyone around the world is, is feeling that strain. What um, what did
0: you have planned for this year that sort of had has had to be cancelled? Like, what kind of things? Were uh, on
4: the agenda? So I was all teed up for a return to uh, Darwin. I was all teed up for my debut over in America as well. There was a couple of companies that I was going to be working with. Uh, one now it seems like doesn't exist anymore or may not exist anymore. Um, So there was lots of stuff that was on the cards um, and I was planning on trying to get myself around Australia as much as I possibly can. Um, EPW was going to be expanding. Last year we had six Gate One shows and eight uh, showcases. This year it was meant to be eight of each. Uh, I'm meant to be in five weeks' time. We have our Royal Show, which is fantastic every year and the the october september school holidays we go down to the royal show we set up the ring we wrestle three times a day for eight days it's fantastic and i think i had a look the other day and i think i've already missed something like 16 17 bookings so far that were guaranteed um through this time off which uh is yeah it's a bit devastating
2: not as if you're told the job keeper either (laughs)
4: <laughs> no no, I don't think wrestlers are entitled to that luckily I've still got the day job to keep the income coming in but um, yeah that's that's a, that's a small part of the little bit of extra pocket money I would have made from the wrestling and the merch sales and those sorts of things but it's just not being able to get out there and perform and being in my mid 30s as I am I'm already kind of looking at how many years I've got left and to sort of just sort of give one up for free is a, a bit of a kick in the teeth but I'm kind of in the mind that maybe having this six months. Nine months, 12 months off, might maybe extend it out the back end with uh, getting the body to recover a little bit. And then maybe I'll go a little bit longer than I thought I would.
1: Yeah, that's and
3: what's the thing. it like? And what's it like being at training? Was it the, the mar- morale is up with all the, the guys and the girls there, not knowing when the next show is really going to come around?
4: that that has been a little bit of tough and people have dealt with it in their own way at first when we had to go to no contact training and it was just online using zoom as we are now um, that was the morale was pretty good we managed to still put on five to six sessions a week um, we had promo challenges where people were sending in clips and promos we were doing match studies um, that was really really good people were still staying up and about we were getting really good numbers attending those sessions and we were lucky that we didn't have to stay away from full contact training for too long. I think it might have been two and a half, maybe three months, maybe less. Um, but once we got back in, everyone was was pretty pumped up. We thought, okay, here we go. to be a matter of time now before they open up the doors. And we're going to be able to really get into this. And then when we started to sort of name some show dates, there was lighted into the tunnel and people had that goal to get themselves ready for. Um, and people were working super hard. People were training really, really well there's this weird thing that happens and I don't know if it happens all over the country and all over the world, but we have trainees sometimes and they'll take a bit of time off for either personal reasons or for, for injuries and whatnot. And when they come back, all of a sudden they've just jumped another level. I'm not quite sure what it is. I don't know if it's going off to just think about stuff before they come in and actually commit it, but they came back. A lot of guys came back better than they'd been moving. Um, and I even I was having the conversation with, with Taylor King because um, we were both worried about coming back with ring rust, because it had been so long since we'd well, we'd never gone that long without wrestling. But we came back and we both felt pretty good, uh, and he in particular was moving really, really well. And we could just sort of attribute that to maybe the bodies being fresh. We hadn't had that that slog three or four times a week continuously. But yeah, having a goal and having a date then we thought we'd be we'd be back that had our morale up. And then when slowly one by one the dates have been peeled back and taken away it has made it a bit tricky um, even just from a bit of personal uh, accountability or uh, motivation you know uh, it's been a quite a long time now since I've had to you know take my shirt off and stand in front of complete strangers so if I know that in three weeks time that's going to happen then I'm probably going to rethink the the snack I have after dinner um, whereas now it's like i uh, you know, maybe I can afford it because I might not have to wrestle this month. So it's it's tricky not knowing when you're going to be ready. But the mantra that's going around EPW training at the moment is let's stay ready so we don't have to get ready.
0: What do you think this has done to the um, fake tan um, industry?
4: <laughs> oh, Destroyed. Yeah.
0: Destroyed
2: it. Bon-
4: Bondi Sands have must <laughs> be realising how heavily they relied on Australian wrestlers um yeah it's I I think that's um playing with my mind a little bit because you know you always look a little bit better when you've got a bit of fake tan on and because it's been months since I've seen myself with a fake tan I'm like oh geez I think I'm getting out of shape (laughs) I think I've I think I've lost some but um it it, it it can be tricky because often the way that uh you sort of you gauge your progress both your wrestling skill and your your gym work and your diet work is the photos that come back after show day um and it's been you know six months since I've had a photo of me standing under nice show lights with a nice tan on and maybe a bit of oil and here and there. Um, so it's, I can't really compare what I look like now compared to back then. So just trying to use everything else we can to to keep track of, of how we're, how we're faring.
2: It's funny. You mentioned there in regards to your body taking this period of time to, to help heal and, and, you know, feel a lot better for it and probably, lengthen the, the life that you have in this in the sport. I would think the same also applies probably to our bookers and our writers in the sport as well. This period of time has given everyone an opportunity to really refresh and refresh storylines and refresh characters and the like. And it effectively gives us a whole brand new start to the industry. We can forget where we were at the end of two thousand and nineteen. We've got new characters, we've got new storylines
4: happening now from from now on when it happens. Yeah, I think a hundred percent. I think uh, the bookers were sort of—they had—they would have had their year mapped out around the world, and then they're slowly just crossing things off. And I think by now they have probably just screwed it up and thrown it in the bin and said, "Like, when we go back, we'll make a fresh start." It's kind of like, um, you know, I've heard many wrestling experts and whatnot say for many years that maybe wrestling needs an off season, like uh, like a sport or like a TV series, uh, maybe it needs that off season to one make the fans miss us and two to rather than constantly on the go, trying to plan what's coming next and and dealing with those sorts of things. Now there's a bit of time to put some long-term thought into it. Um, I feel sorry for those that were just breaking out and had just, you know, had that performance where, Oh, he's the one to watch or, you know, they just earned themselves that big title match that was coming up and they had a lot of steam and momentum trying to maintain that momentum during uh, what's been going on is, is going to be pretty hard. Uh, Myself, the last match that I had was a number one contenders match for the coastal championship. So I was all set to face Davis storm one-on-one, which is a, you know, a dream match of mine. That's only happened twice. And, um, and, you know, now that that might be my first match. back. So rather than being on a roll and feeling really good after touring the Eastern coast at the start of the year, my first match back will be, you know, after seven, eight, nine months of ring rust. So uh, hoping that the momentum that I built up, I can sort of still maintain through training and even, the momentum that I built up with the fans as well, whether or not they're still going to come with me on that journey.
0: If you're going to have a match, first match back though, it's not a bad guy to be in the ring with.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Not bad at all. And I mean, I think Dave might not mind me saying this, but I think he's probably, he's probably got a bit of experience when it comes to taking a few months off between matches. He's, <laughs> he's a bit more selective with his, with his bookings these days. He hasn't, he kind of takes a little bit of time off and then comes back for a full-time schedule and takes a little bit of time off. And that's just, that's just uh, one. It's it's a lack of it's a, it's it's a, it's him being very selfless because um, he realizes it's a lot of guys coming through that that need an opportunity. Um, but um, every now and then, when he when he talks about walking away, he'll have a match, and then we'll just point to it and go, "Look, you've just wrapped up match of the year." You're too Why good. Why would you walk away? <laughs> you know, some people might begrudge you taking their spot if you've got been gone away for six months and come back, but if you then tear the house down and have match of the year, they they can't say shit. <laughs>
2: What's he like as a guy to come up against? Do you have to amend your whole style of wrestling? Because his style of wrestling is very much more of that grappling style compared to to others.
4: Yeah, Dave is a... Davis is a very... I guess guess he's kind of more similar to me than most other opponents that I've wrestled. Um, But the thing that he brings more so than anyone else is intensity. And he brings uh just a level of professionalism and there's just this buzz in the building when he's in the ring people just adore him he's, he's the godfather of of australian wrestling and being in the ring with him can the first time i did was definitely intimidating um you know you don't want to go out there and and be the reason that David storm has a bad match because if there's a bad match to be because if we go out there and have a bad match it's not his fault it's mine <laughs> it's, it's just the way that it works but um Coming in and, and taking on Davis Storm, it's it presents some pretty interesting opportunities for me because quite often I'm I'm outsized by quite a lot, whereas David Storm and I aren't massively different. At any given time, there might be somewhere between 7 and 10 kilos between us. Um, so we're both kind of used to being the smaller guy fighting from underneath, whereas with me as an opponent, he probably finds that he can muscle me around a little bit because he's a bit bigger. Um, but he's just... He's so well-rounded. He doesn't have one particular uh, thing that he that he leans on. You know, if he needs to brawl, he'll brawl. If he needs to, to chain and, and grapple, he'll grapple. And if he needs to fly, he can do that as good as just about anyone around Australia. So you can't really, you know, box him into a corner and pick on a weakness because he just doesn't have any after 19 years of wrestling.
2: You also don't want to be the bloke that uh, injures him either because he doesn't forget. <laughs> he holds no. a grudge. He does, doesn't no. he? <laughs> <laughs> Certainly does. <laughs>
0: um. APW EPW recently expanded and opened up a second training school? Am I right?
4: Yep, certainly. How, how's um, that going? Yeah, really good. It happened just before COVID started. and We ummed and ahmed with it for a long time because we had really big turnouts at training nights. We were getting 25 to 30 people at our training nights. And for anyone that's done any wrestling training, while that sounds great, it can also mean minimal ring time because you're waiting for other people to get through the drills before you can get in there. Um, and the opportunity came up to uh, to get a hold of a second ring and a second premises um, with the merger with schwa wrestling and we just thought you know what we 've got the numbers now um, you know between the the trainers and the wrestlers and whatnot we 've got a big big roster and, and guys coming through guys and girls quite a few girls these days and we thought you know what let's let 's bite the bullet let's see give it a trial for six months if we can keep two schools open then we'll keep to do it if not if it's you know we're burning money and and whatnot it's costing us money then we'll then we'll amalgamate back down to one school and and pick maybe a bigger more central location but at the moment even with COVID it's been going really really well we're getting good turnouts we've got uh, a session north and south every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night, uh, Friday night I do what I call chain gang, where it's just focused on chain wrestling and I'll alternate that between the North and South schools. There's a Saturday session South and there's a North session on Sundays. So there's training seven days a week. Um, So you can, and we've sorted it out so that the, if it's beginners North, it's not beginners South. So you can travel to both schools and you can train seven days a week at the moment, if you want. And, and there's a lot of people that are getting their numbers, of four or five sessions up there, and they're progressing really, really fast. And it also gives them a chance to work with different people and work with a, a wide array of trainers as well.
0: And you've got some pretty good trainers, let's face it.
4: Yeah. Yeah, we're very, <laughs> very, very lucky. I mean, David Storm obviously is a fantastic trainer, which is, is kind of ridiculous based off the fact that his history of training is going over to Adelaide for three months and learning a little bit and then coming back and then training everyone by himself. Uh, well, sorry, with the, with the with the help of the other guys that went over as well, and then he stayed here for a few years and did that. Then he went to LA for about three months and trained with some very good people, and then came back. And then apart from that, he's very much largely self-taught. Whereas I have the benefit as a trainer of the entire time I've been a wrestler, I've had Davis Storm as a trainer. Whereas he didn't have a Davis Storm to help him. And um, with Damien Slater moving over to WA a few years ago um, and taking up places, taking up the role of head trainer. Uh, it's just brought a level of professionalism, professionalism as well. Um, he's got a lot of expertise. Um, both he and myself have a teaching background. So uh, the two of us, we'd con- in, cons- in consultation with the other trainers, helped put together a curriculum and gave us a lot more uh, focus in terms of what we were teaching and how and when. But, yeah, with those guys, we've got Marcus Pitt training. We've got the Don Michael Morleone training. We've got some uh, new younger apprentice coaches coming through as well Casey Johns is one of them Delcano Taylor King um, Julian Ward uh, we thought we'd lost him to Canada but he's back so he's he's training as well um, we've got and Dan Moore is a, a trainer as well we've got lots and lots of different coaches Hayden Zenith has started doing some coaching a guy who came in in the same training group as me so that's pretty cool to see we've got a, yeah a really deep pool of trainers
2: Casey Johns, sorry, I was just going to say, Casey Johns, what can you tell us about her? She was a former Riot City wrestler, I believe, who stepped in the ring a couple of times with Rhea Ripley, so she'd have a bit of experience behind her.
4: Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, Casey uh, started off over in Adelaide, and I believe she trained with Wrestle Rampage before uh, making the jump to RCW, and that's where I first met her. Would have been in 2016, myself and Davis Storm, went over and ran a seminar. Might have even been a little bit before then, when I went over for one of my trips with McMassive. And um, I met her there. Uh, very different looking back then. That's when she had the long black hair. Um, but yeah, she came up through a very good school over there and trained with some very good wrestlers and got to step in the ring with Indy Hartwell and yes, Rhea Ripley a couple of times as well. Um, so she's very, very well skilled and, and she's hard as nails as well. Uh, she moved to WA, well, oh, it might be close to two years ago now. Might, maybe Maybe only a year and a half. This year feels like it's gone for three years. And, um, yeah, as soon as she sort of came over, I, I started chatting to her and said, look, when are you going to come over and, and join EPW? She started up with another school over there that she, over here that she'd wrestled with before. Um, but our school was just a bit closer to home and um, she knew a few more of the people and she wanted to, to make the jump and she has done. Um, and she's going to be one to watch for sure. She's very, very skillful, very, very knowledge, knowledgeable as well. And that's why we wanted to bring her on as a trainer. And you're still doing the online seminars as well? Um, yep, from time to time. We're not doing them for our own guys because they can come and see us, but uh, I did an online seminar the other week uh, with Suplex Wrestling in New South Wales, and I've got another one teed up in a couple of weeks up in Queensland as well. So some of the places that uh, you know that I can't actually fly out and get to, unfortunately, at the moment, um, as I've been doing the last few years, it's good that I can still impart a bit of knowledge and, and wisdom and whatnot if if people think that's what it is um, through my online seminars, it's it's been really really good. The uh, the time running the EPW uh, curriculum online with Damien Slater and David Storm and Marcus Pitt uh, really helped me sharpen my skills with that. Um, and also just being, as I said, being a teacher, I had to switch to online learning when COVID hit and kids got left uh, kept home at school. So the skills have kind of helped each other quite a lot. Um, but yeah it's a, it's a different challenge training online, but it's um I really really like it, and I think people get a lot out of it because sometimes when you 're in the the heat of the moment in training and you 're physically doing something, realizing the psychology or the why behind it can be quite difficult because you're, all you 're thinking about is your breathing or your footwork or you know peeling yourself up whereas when you can sit down and analyze it and take those notes, you can really um, you can really delve into the the how's and whys of, of what we do in the ring.
0: And uh, you've had, um, you had that big training camp. Um, I'm not even sure if it was this year or late last year now. <laughs> Time being what it is. Um, but tell me the thoughts behind that and, um, and how did that go?
4: That was fantastic. That was the EPW Super Camp that we did in January of this year. Uh, it's been an idea that Davis Storm, Damien Slater and myself have been throwing around for quite a while. We just thought, you know, what if we just make a week of it, just a week dedicated to just training. And we originally came up with the idea of just doing it for our guys. Look, let's take a week off over the Christmas break and let's open it up so we can have basically like a really good pre-season and then hit the ground absolutely running. And then we'd sort of talk to about about friends over in other uh, states that had done similar things. And I'd been over to New South Wales for uh, one of the first week long sessions that they had over there with the guest trainer and I um and I just we just thought you know with the three of us maybe we'll 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 get a few bites and we we had no idea what to expect we thought it was probably just going to be all local guys and and that was it and the other thing that we really wanted to do was we wanted to make sure that we threw the doors open to everyone in WA it wasn't just EPW guys only, whether you wrestled for us, whether it was for Schwa or WPW, I think we're still around at the time, or NHPW. The door was open to absolutely everyone. And we just wanted everyone to have a chance to come in and, and network and meet and um, just spend a week dedicated towards wrestling. And it went great. We got really great numbers. We got people from Melbourne. We got people from Queensland. Uh, we got people from New South Wales. Uh, we had a couple of lined up from Adelaide, but unfortunately, that didn't come through. But, yeah, it went really, really good. We're hoping to to do it again. We did an online version of it, the, uh, the Super Web Series, uh, a few months back. Um, and, again, got a really good uptake, mainly from Queensland wrestlers at that stage. But it's something that we're hoping we can make a, an annual thing um, because it was a really, really fantastic week. And we had a cool way of ending it. We had one of our showcases, what we called School Carnival, where all these different wrestlers from Australia that, you know, might never be on the same card together. Got to come together and have these unique matches. And I think for some of the some of the other people coming from from Queensland and whatnot, they were really excited that they could you know perform. And then that footage of that match would end up on EPW's Vimeo channel, and then you know they can be seen by the the people that subscribe to that and watch that. It was a good way to get a bit of exposure for them as well. But it was a great experience. Um, absolutely loved it. It was really, it's really fantastic seeing how quickly. Uh, the brother and sisterhood of EPW and Australian wrestling comes together once they're all in the one building. doesn't matter where you come from or who you are. If you, if you love wrestling, you, you're part of the same family.
0: And what's the locker room like? Because I assume you've got some of the hungriest young wrestlers from around the country that have gone out of their way to fly over um, to do the training camp all in that locker room together for a show. How was the, how was the atmosphere in the locker room?
4: It was, it was great. Like, yeah, there was definitely that sense of uh, everyone was trying to, um, you know, trying to one up each other, I guess, and have, have match of the night, which you always want. You always want everyone being competitive out there. And for a lot of people that flew over, it was their EPW debut. And I think I, I'd like to think that EPW holds, uh, holds a bit of prestige, the likes of sort of the, the MCWs and PWAs where it's one on uh, wrestler's bucket lists in Australia where i Probably the, the, the big three that people want to debut on. They want to get on our shows. And yes, it was just a showcase, but you couldn't tell that by watching the performances these guys put in. When you see Lucille Broad and Bobby Bishop come out, and Jet Ruka and, and all those sorts come over. Um, <coughs> sorry. Um, even Jimmy Towns. And when they come over and they have their first EPW match, you can see that it meant a lot to them. And they worked hard. And despite the fact that you know we'd put probably I think it was twenty four hours of training in over the previous four days. Uh, maybe a little bit longer, um, and their bodies were probably pretty sore and they are pretty tired. They were just really hungry and ready to, to show everything that they'd learned over the course of that week. But it was really, really good. Um, a lot of smiles backstage, a lot of backslaps, slaps, um, and a lot of just – it was really cool to see how quickly everyone came together and managed to work as a team. Like Despite you know, being competitive, no one was working against each other. Everyone was working together to make it the best show possible.
3: Uh, if, the, if the next camp goes ahead and Australia's back to some sort of normalcy, is Tyson Baxter still on the band list? He's not allowed to attend?
4: <laughs> I and wish Tyson like- had have come over. I mean, we joke about it with him uh, with Dave's leg. I mean, it's a freak accident. It could happen any time. And I think his knee just wasn't quite right. If it had been about a month later, he probably would have been good to go. But he didn't want to risk it. I think he was pretty close to coming back. And I think you know, if, if he hadn't come over for one match, he probably would have done it, but to come over and do five solid days, uh, you know, anything can happen there. And he definitely didn't want to re himself, but I, I hope Tyson comes back. I, uh, I got a very soft spot for both Tyson and Jet and Aiden Miller. Now, whenever the, the boys come over, they, they crash at my place. Um, and, uh, it's usually, uh, keep me up at all hours playing, uh, NBA video games, which I'm terrible at, but, uh, it's good fun hanging out with those young fellas. They make me feel a bit younger than I am. You're um, lucky yeah. they.
2: Cr- you're lucky they crash at your place. They crash their place <laughs>
0: when they're together. Well, I'm told yeah. that Tyson's the worst housemate. Is that? Yeah, can you exactly. can you back that up
4: or? Whoa. I don't know. I woke up one morning and the dishes were done, and apparently it was Tyson that did it. Um, but he is pretty bad at leaving V cans and chocolate wrappers in the back seat of my car. <laughs>
0: vk that's disgusting
4: (laughs) it It might have been red bull it's been so long
3: Uh, you had a you had an interesting um experience with a ceramic ramen spoon massage
0: uh, a week or so
3: ago the photos look horrific mate
4: oh yeah that was crazy i um i just i was at training and i took a spine buster and you know i thought i'd landed pretty well but my neck just got really really sore in in the days following so i was just down where we trained in Malaga at the North School. There's a, a market just down the road from there with a the food court and stalls and all that sort of thing. And I went there to get some lunch after training. And I just thought, oh, just, you know, maybe I'll just get a, a quick rub down. I'll just do one of those 15 minute neck, neck and back massages. And I got in there, and as soon as she started working, she said, oh, there's something really wrong here in this shoulder. And then she, I couldn't quite understand because we were, we were trying to communicate with each other. There's a bit of a language barrier. And she just sort of pointed this spoon and then she scraped it on me a little bit and then she pointed to the curtains which had a red stripe on it, and said that color about 3 days okay i was like whatever whatever and then she just proceeded to scrape up and down and it wasn't painful it just kind of it just felt like this really strong exfoliation sort of thing and then she said oh, i'll take photo she took a photo of my back and i had a look and then i saw what you guys saw those two big huge red stripes down my back And I looked into it a bit and apparently the theory behind it is one, it's almost like a bit of a bloodletting thing to let the toxins out. And the other one is that by causing those abrasions, it uh, encourages fresh new blood to come to the area to repair not only the skin, but the muscles underneath it. Um, She said, you'll feel better in three days. And to be fair, it didn't get a hundred percent better, but there was a noticeable difference within three days. So it was a very, very, very interesting experience, but the way that my neck was sort of cricked up, I had what we call Batman neck where I could only turn my torso and head as one piece. Um, We, uh, I was, I was grateful for the relief. So I would have put up with the ramen spoon.
2: Gavin, do you have any idea about when things may restart again there? Has there been any talk with government or from government?
4: So the latest that we, and the reason I
2: say that is it seems weird that we can have 45,000 people at a footy arena, but we can't have a couple of hundred people watching wrestling. I mean, that, that to me is extremely stupid.
4: Yeah, that's the that's the annoying thing about it. I think they're getting you yeah, about thirty thousand to the stadium, but the argument there is that it's open air and then it's much bigger. I think I think we're right on the cusp. Like we could have uh, we could go back to gate one and we could probably with the social. I think it's it's not the amount of people that's the issue. The amount, the issue is the two meters social distancing that still needs to be in place and with that in once you measure up the square meters of the venue it comes into about 250 people were allowed in there but the problem is 250 tickets will not cover our costs so if we were to go back to One and put on a show we'd lose money so uh, unless we jack the prices right up which we don't want to do um it would be financial suicide to go back and, and, and do those shows so i think what we'll what we'll see happening in, until phase five kicks in, which at this stage I think has been earmarked for maybe early October or mid October. I mean they've gone through and cancelled the actual royal show now, which uh, was absolutely devastating. As I said, it's an event that's been going for forever in, in WA um, and a, and a staple of uh, childhood over here. Um, so unless phase five kicks in soon, gate one's not going to be happening. But we're hoping to get back into doing our um, uh, our showcases, which we run out of our North training school, where we can still get probably crowds with the meterage, probably we can fit eighty in there um, when there's no we, the maximum capacity we've had in there is about one hundred and twenty I think that 's how much we can fit, but we'll only be allowed to have about eighty, but the hope is that once we start doing those again we 'll hopefully be able to do them more often, so instead of having eight for the year, we might end up you know doing them fortnightly or weekly depending we've got plenty of wrestlers who are ready to go um it's just sort of thinking about how willing the fans are to come out to, to malaga where it's you know it's not as it's not as wonderful an experience as coming out to gate one with the big bright lights and the tiered seating it's a bit more grimy but it's also a lot more intimate and you get some really strong performances from some young wrestlers really trying to put their stamp on things but I think if we do open up the doors to to uh, doing our, our showcases again you'll find that uh, the main roster guys are going to be putting their hand up as well because they're itching to go so those shows will be still very very high quality um, uh, but just obviously not the the presentation that we're that we're used to with with our gate one venue.
2: Mate, we really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. Uh, Good luck to you and all the guys over
4: there in Perth. And hopefully, you can get inside a ring very soon. Yeah, not a problem. Good luck to you guys as well with everything that's going on. Like Our hearts over here go out to you guys over on the East Coast. You're you're copping it a lot worse than we are. It feels a bit silly to complain that I'm not allowed to go back and wrestle anymore yet, where you guys have got a lot more... Serious concerns that we do, but, um, yeah, we're, we're hoping that you guys get yourselves through this pretty quick so that we can all get back to life as normal as possible. Thanks, Gav. We do too. Gavin McGavin joining us here on
2: The Turnbuckle. Welcome back. Great chat to Gavin McGavin. you never believe it. I forgot to ask you about the Twitch thing. I um, knew you would.
0: Damn. I left. Well, we didn't ask it because we thought Can you we were going to. Can we get him back? To.
3: Yeah. I had it written down on my questions to ask, but because you brought it up in the intro, I figured I'll leave it to you, Tony, being the professional you are.
2: Yeah. You know, You know why I forgot? Because my mind is totally distracted on my shiny balls. Thanks to Manscaped and their brand new Lawmart 3.0, things are happening for me at the moment, boys. Things are going well.
0: Yeah? Yeah. Your wife's happy?
2: Well, no, no, I never mentioned her at all. Did, why'd you have to bring her into it?
0: <laughs> You're just happy.
2: I'm You're happy. You're just happy with the end result. Exactly, because the great news is, is that Manscaped have launched in Australia. We've gone years without the right tools for the job. And now you can be one of the first to experience their life-changing products right here in Australia. Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months, gentlemen, 18 long freaking months to get the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved, the Lawn 3.0 trimmer. We've all used it. We're all happy with it, correct?
0: Well, I, um, I challenged Lyle to shave his head with his. You did, actually. Um, Have you done it? Yep. Yeah.
3: Uh, yeah, yeah. I haven't had a haircut since uh, the lockdown. I, I think I sent you a before photo. Uh, we saw the before, but we never week. saw the ar- I haven't ar- yeah, after. I have seen after. No, no, I'll, I'll take it off. I know it's not a visual medium, yeah, but it's to it it your reactions. Oh, there Jesus, it is. That's,
0: a, that's a close shave.
3: Whew. That is a close shave. You look like and a I tell thumb. You, I tell you, well, I tell you what, Tony, the ball toner
2: that come along with it, you can use it on your head as well. Wow. Smooth, can you just take your hand you know, off your head for one second? Thank you. Are you screenshotting? Yeah, screenshotting that. Good.
0: Did Did you cut yourself when you were shaving your head?
2: Uh,
3: no. I, I, I've cut myself on the weekend, but I did definitely didn't cut myself. You can't
2: cut yourself with the the lawnmower. No, no. That's
0: a, it's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's
2: actually smooth as. You know what you could have also done too? You could have actually had your hair cut or your head shave in the shower because – the lawnmower 3.0 has waterproof technology, which allows you to groom in the shower. And one of the coolest features, of course, is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise The trim. LED light. Did I say LED? The, the LED, LED light's the
0: stuff that they have on the window of a church.
2: The LED light is correct. Now, the good thing about it is you actually look like you could be Uncle Fester, so you could actually put an LED light in your mouth, and I reckon it would go off. <clears throat>
0: Is did you do it on the, did you shave it in the dark to test out the light?
2: Uh, no, I
3: didn't actually, but hey, that could be the challenge for next week. Shave myself in the dark.
0: Now, so oh, fix- that goes, Tony. Hang on, you, you mentioned that you actually did um, cut yourself during the weekend. I want to yeah. just roll over this a little bit because Tony, Lyle sent me a, uh, told me that he'd cut his hand cooking dinner or something. Yeah. And he, he sent me the photo. Where would you expect to cut yourself if you were cooking?
2: Uh, probably on a finger or something, maybe. So not in the middle
0: of your palm. No. Not How unless you you're actually grabbing
2: you? the knife by the sharp by the blade. Well,
3: what, what oh. if you were trying to? What if you were trying to catch the knife like an alligator would? You know, like kids when they try and catch a footy, they slap their hands together.
2: Yeah, why would you do that?
4: So, oh, it was on instinct. It was on
3: on instinct, Tony. I tell you what. I Did you catch it or knife. drop it? Well, I dropped it after I removed it from the. Inside of my palm, so I caught it for a little bit, and then, uh, yeah, a few stitches later. And looking at the GP's handiwork, I feel I could do it, could have done a better job myself, yeah. Just
0: to uh, the to your oh, it's cutting sex life enough,
3: yeah. Now it's just all about the stranger, um, yeah. So now it's just microwave meals for me, and obviously, I'm not allowed to touch the microwave, so I just get my son or daughter to do that
0: because they're, they're safer in the kitchen than yeah. I am. Uh, hey, guys, we, sh- we should you've just been mention. Downgraded. He's been downgraded. He has to use a spork now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> guys, we should just mention too that uh, over the last three weeks, we've been offering 20% off and free shipping. If you use the code, my house at manscape.com. The final week of that offer is this week. So you've only got a week or so to go to get this extra special discount. If you go to the website, you'll find that there's other things that are being applied to a purchase now they've got free boxer shorts and a whole lot of stuff Well, we can tell you that this is on top of that as well 20% off the total that you spend and free shipping just use the code mypodcasthouse.com
0: no just just, mypodcasthouse
2: exactly just mypodcasthouse you are correct and at manscaped.com and uh, if you've got a birthday coming up for someone or a Christmas present you're looking for this is the thing to do 20% off Free shipping with the code MYPODCASTHOUSE at manscaped.com and your balls will thank you.
0: Did there you, you um, did you watch Takeover guys? Uh,
2: little bits and pieces.
0: And did we it, uh... see some did we see the man formerly known as Jonah Rock, Bronson Reed's amazing get up?
2: His amazing oh, uh... get up was fantastic. Well wow. Bam, Bam Bigelow inspired. The yellows Tony. And pur- the yellows and purples were amazing.
0: Tony, have we got a guest to talk about this?
2: We have the man who actually designed the costume for Jonah Rock. Sorry, I mean Bronson Reed. That, yes. Oh God, that's Bronson insane. Rock,
0: yes. Jonah Reed.
2: Whatever, whoever it is. Band joins Bam us. Bronson. Now we say good day to Jess Wright. How are you, Jess? What's going on? Not much, that Thanks was for the me longest, me. long-winded intro oh. ever in the history of wrestling. It intros. was terrible.
1: <laughs> me and Gene's got nothing on you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Mike, congratulations. What a thrill it must have been for you to see a wrestler on the big stage, such as a pay-per-view weekend, wearing your gear.
1: Yeah, it was pretty great, to be honest. Um, We've been doing a couple of little ones here and there, but something like that was pretty good. Um, felt like a little kid doing it, to be honest.
0: Effectively, if you're an Australian wrestling fan and you've bought merch off, a, off one of the big names, you've probably got one of your designs in the cupboard. Am I right in saying that?
1: If you own a good shirt, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. How
0: did, you, how did you get started in um, designing for, for wrestlers?
1: Um, I think it was like maybe three years ago. Um, I was hyped on the... Uh, one of the Wrestle Kingdoms and I think I did a design on um, maybe like two days before Wrestle Kingdom and um, it was for Marty's girl it was just like a bit of a fan art thing I didn't really know how to break into it and um, yeah that was the first and only fan art I ever made and it got bought so um, Pro Wrestling Tees hit me up and they were like yeah Marty wants it so I was like alright cool sweet and then um, he's like have you got any more and I was like of course and then I didn't, but I did. Um, and I think I whipped up like another three or four, one of them being Jay White stuff. And then Jay bought it. And then I think, I think it was the Jay Lethal as well. He bought it. There was a couple other ones, but yeah, I think like within three hours of me doing an original design, I had three on the market. <laughs> so it was pretty cool. So yeah, Wrestle Kingdom. That's the short answer is Wrestle Kingdom. Um And then, uh, yeah, Jay kind of stuck with me. So I've been doing about 95% of Jay's merch, Jay White's merch, for the past three years. Um, And then just going to the local shows and hanging out with Robbie Eagles and and, uh, old mate Jonah. Um, Got to know some, some of the good guys and good girls. And, yeah, just started, like, picking out my favorites. I don't design for everyone, but, yeah, I think I just started picking out my favorites and then working with them.
2: So you've been doing a fair bit of stuff for Jonah in the past.
1: Um, yeah. So I think before he before he left, I think I did. I think I did three, three or four of his shirts. I did his last shirt as well, and then um, I did. Uh, I did Jonah's breakout gear. So when he was doing house shows in NXT, that no one will see. <laughs> i think if you if you dig hard enough you'll find the find the stuff for him um uh but then i also did all, all of the actually i've done all of jonah's nXt gear um, so including the jackets including the um, the jersey singlet um but this one i felt this one i think felt bigger this one definitely felt bigger
0: when you're designing ring gear as opposed to just shirt for merch um how much collaboration uh goes into it
1: how much consideration? Co- collaboration, collaboration, collaboration. Um, I think more than usual. So normally, um, the merch is pretty much, um, they come to me and it's almost like, hey, here's free reign, Let me know what you think. And then, I don't think I've had one knocked back yet. Um, with with merch, oh, sorry, with gear, it's uh, it's more collaborative than normal. Um. So sometimes like the first couple of stuff I've done for Jonah or Bronson. He, um, (laughs) shit. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. He, um, he, he came to me. He's like, Oh, I don't really have an idea, but I trust you. So go for it. And I sent back, um, ideas based on, um, based on, uh, Port Adelaide magpies and, and the, um, the crest of Adelaide and, um, like little stars and stuff. And, he he pitched he pitched for that so that was kind of good but this one this one was a little bit more collaborative he just sent me an idea he's like hey so really weird uh, Shawn Michaels wants to see a Bam Bam Bigelow um, uh, singlet what have you got and I was like ah oh, give me an hour and then I came back with an hour and I was like do you want a jacket too I just made a contact at Nerds. and he's like yeah sick <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so um, yeah I think it's a little bit more collaborative than than merch but. Um, I think it's because it's a little bit more personal. I think it's like they're going to wear it a little bit more often as opposed to do a John Cena and throw it in the crowd. So
2: while you have um, input into the design, do you actually have input in the manufacturer or that it just once the designs out of your hands and that's just up to the, the wrestler to get it printed or whatever it might be?
1: Um, no, so I definitely have a say in manufacturer only because I know um, the manufacturing side of it, so I know what types of prints to get. So a lot of the time, when people do my like when people get my merch done, I'll send them I'll send them to the right printers, and I'll say like you know use this type of ink, um, so it doesn't break and doesn't crack when when fans get it and stuff. And um, but this one in particular, I um, he uh, Bronston knew the the singlet manufacturer because he'd been working with them for a while. But I had a pretty, I had a couple of pretty in-depth chats with nerds about like matching the colors properly so to make sure that like the purple flames stayed like a really muted purple as opposed to being like a Cadbury purple. So yeah, fairly precious with that stuff, but I think it shows
0: it well, That's off, important though, because the initial design and the pictures, they can look as awesome as possible. but if your manufacturer mm. doesn't get the colors right, no one's gonna
1: believe you that the pictures were awesome. <laughs> well, yeah, that's right, and I think like that was something that was important because it's, uh, I was matching um, Bam Bam's gear as well. I was like, I was matching the the same colors that he had on his singlet in in WCW. So I wanted to make sure that it was like a specific type of purple as opposed to like I said, a Cadbury purple. So like, yeah, I definitely put a lot of effort in what I do. So I think that it'd be pretty shitty of me if it didn't come out the way I looked, the way I thought of it, the way I wanted it to. I mean. Yeah. And so take
0: <laughs> us through TakeOver Day.
1: Um,
0: take us through, You're, you know that this is happening. You know that yeah. this gear is going to get some sort of reaction. What were yeah. your thoughts leading in?
1: Um, I was just like trying to make sure that, ever, that everyone was going to be hyped about it, to be honest. I was like, I, was, I, I work with enough people to make to know I can bite my tongue when I need to. Um but it was pretty hard. This one, I was just like, oh, watch take over. There's something going to happen. And he's like, what's going to happen? I was like, just, just, just watch. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I don't know, like what was going through my head? I think it was just like, I was more excited for Bronson, to be honest. I was more excited that he was um, in front of the right eyes. Like he said he was working with Shawn Michaels and the staff, which, um, which obviously popped me. I was like, yeah, cool. Let's play, let's just play Shawn. So I just wanted to make sure that like, he was getting, like, he was ticking all the right boxes, and he was like pleasing all the right people, and he was getting all the thing about. I was, he, he's going to naturally pull me over whether I like it or not. So, um, he was just, I was just more pu- pumped that he was pumped. To be honest, I didn't really think much of it, to, like think much of it. Um, yeah, like I said, I was more, I was thinking of like a, a kid, at Christmas day with a Nintendo. I was like, I love doing this stuff. This is rad. Let's let's look at this, and. um yeah, I don't know. It felt it
2: felt nice. It felt nice, I think. Yeah. Just in case you haven't noticed, Lyle's only there to distract our guest. He doesn't actually ask questions. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> we're about to ask the
3: same question, eh? <laughs> No, I
0: ask the other one.
2: Obviously, obviously no, that the, was, was that the question you were gonna ask?
0: Yeah. That's the, the morning of when there. That's all you've
2: got. The, all you've the, got. Great minds <laughs> no. great minds think alike. Uh, obviously, the pressure though. Uh, normally, when you're designing something, it's just for the rest of themselves. And and you know, while it's while there's pressure to do the right work, I mean, we're talking about this is something that Sean Michaels wanted. So, was the pressure just sort of upped and amped a little bit further?
1: Um, I think the pressure was more on Bronson than it was for me. Like, I know I can deliver. I just wanted to make sure that he was doing it all the right things. Yeah. Um. So. If I'm being honest, no, there's not really a lot of pressure in what I do. I think that I just do it so often, and I'm pretty happy with what I'm doing. And yeah, like this is my full time. It's just like designing and doing artwork and doing my own shit all the time. And I was, I think I was lucky enough to have my own flavor in it as well, because like if I was to stay kind of true to the Bam Bam Flames, it'd look pretty shitty. But um, everything I did on that on Bronson Singleton and his, and his jacket is all my flames. Like they're the same flames I put into my artworks. So, yeah, it's a lot more. There's a lot more of mine in there than Bam Bam's, but I kind of stay true to obviously the Bam Bam look. So, yeah, it's kind of nice that you can see both mine and him in the gear, I think. Yeah.
0: And that's the important part taking the theme, but not copying it.
1: Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I think, like I said, if I think if I did it just Bam Bam stuff, then. I think that would have been some licensing issue. So yeah. <laughs> um yeah, I think like uh, he, he he works with me often enough to know that he'd wants to put me over. And I think that um if I can get a little bit of me in, great. And if he's not gonna knock back all of my stuff, then that's even better. And so I'm like I'm kinda lucky there was just there was no um there was no amendments or anything like that. So
0: yeah, And the match, he was he was the star of that match. That was um, He was definitely the MVP of that match. In, in, and I know we're I biased, so. but I think looking through even unbiased eyes, I think that was a, a Bronson-Reed match.
1: I reckon so as well. Um, I was saying to him after, I was like, if I don't get the action figure of this, then I'll be pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think so for sure. He was definitely the MVP of that match, especially... When he like he jumped off the ladder with Candice on his back, I'm surprised yeah. there wasn't what him, Like, was surprised there wasn't more memes that came out about that with like him skydiving or something.
0: I've seen one of him skydiving, <laughs> yeah. and and one of um one of him skydiving, and there was another one as well. It was um a couple I saw uh, uh high dive the high dive as yeah, well Clip
3: jumping and stuff like yeah. that. Um <coughs> yeah go um, yeah. No, well, n- n- yeah thank you um. N- <laughs> Nerd's clothing, uh they're gonna release the jacket so fans can pre-order. So do you know
1: is that gonna be a limited run or I think it's a pre-order. I think it's as of today. They um that wasn't the plan. It honestly wasn't like I didn't even get one. I've um now it's up for pre-order. I was like, I'm getting one now. And he's like, Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um but it wasn't it wasn't for pre-orders, it was a one-off, and that was the entire thing. It was only ever meant to be a one-off. Um uh it just had that good a reception and it like Bronson didn't expect that reception. Nerds didn't receive They, they didn't expect it either. Um, so he messaged me this morning. Nerds messaged me this morning. He was like, Hey man. So we just kind of got licensing for this. And I was like, sweet. How much am I getting? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, the beauty, the beauty of the, that spot jumping off the, um, the ladder with Candace. In your gear, that's going to be played over and over and over yeah. for years to come. So, just, just little advertising for your design all the time.
1: Yeah, when he gets put in the Hall of Fame, that will be the, uh, <laughs> the reruns. Like, hey, I know that one.
0: <laughs> well wow. hopefully, do the, the mean, rest of them means, as well.
1: Yeah, <laughs> no, that's what I was going to say. I think, like, judging on that one and judging on a few more, there's a there's a couple of ones we've been working on in the background that will will appear soon i have got a lot of tributes a lot of uh a lot of um next gen stuff and i think yeah it's something to start really um and that in turn has got me some in front of the right eyes as well so yeah there's uh the stuff that will come out eventually and yeah i think um there's a lot cooler shit that i'm doing recently that's not um it's more than I expected, to be honest. Like I'll do the occasional design here and there, but I think like my collaborations have been pushed harder. I think people can see the value in it now. I think I've been designing wrestling shirts for two and a half years, maybe, I think. Maybe a little bit longer. Yeah, about two and a half years. So I think people are starting to see the value in it. So yeah, the collaborations have been pushed a little bit
2: harder. While you're not a wrestler, it sounds like you're very much taking the same pathway as most wrestlers getting, oh, I'm the, up getting to eleven the job. at all times. <laughs> but getting the job done, just working it, you know, paying your dues and now finally yeah. things
1: pay off. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of nice that way. Hey, like I play my part and, and put them over and they they pay me back if they, when they can. So it's all good for me. Um, Mate, um, you know,
0: a big part of Jonah's presentation is that unique look, the the tights mm. and, and whatnot. So um, your your part
1: in his presentation um can't be undersold no 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 what better way to have the the biggest thick boy than to have the best wrestling designer (laughs) in the world
2: (laughs) mate obviously all the wrestlers around the place know who you are here in australia and they've they've been involved but if they don't how can they get in touch with you if they'd like some work done
1: um just be a really cool person and i'm sure (laughs) i'm sure he'll come around um I've been hit up by a few people and there's a few people I've said no to, but I think just one of those things that if I, if I like your gimmick and I like what you're putting out, then we'll work together. Um, but like I said, there's been a couple I've said no to based on the fact that they're not up to 11 yet. Um, but if, if there are people that I just haven't heard of yet and want to work with me, then it's at Jess Rye um, on everything. So, so you can just type in Jess Rye at Google.
2: Beautiful. Too easy. And
0: where can people check out your stuff? Uh, I know your website's got a fair few of your designs, and some of which are for sale.
1: Yep. Um, yes. Yeah, same thing. Jessrye.com um, or anything. Like, like I said, you can, it's one of those weird things. I'm now Googleable, and I don't know how to feel about it. Um, but yeah, I think this is uh, this is only really the start of of cool shit to come out. Um, I've done some stuff with New Japan stuff that New Japan that's going to come out. Really soon. I think what's the date now? What's the date today? I think it's the twenty-first
0: Yeah really, really, 20 really something. Soon. Yeah. Twenty-fifth.
1: Where does time go?
3: 25th. Where does time go? <laughs> it runs so. together when you're in lockdown, that's for sure. Yeah. How has the lockdown been um like for someone that's so creative, is it is it yeah. a good thing or is it a bad thing, like getting inspiration
1: from inside your house? <laughs> um, i feel like i'm a bit like um talking like, like neo from the matrix i'm just inserting myself to the internet and seeing what happens um I, I don't know like i've recently found twitch so like i've started streaming all my drawings for twitch so like that's cool yeah like funny nothing tomorrow i'm designing a wrestling shirt on twitch um that person knows who it is but He's like, oh, I'm gonna get, get a Twitch channel now to watch what you're doing with my designs, so I can take you on the way through. <laughs> I was like, no need. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been alright. Like lockdown's been okay. Like murals, murals are my main, my main source of income. So large scale murals. Um, so they're obviously at a standstill right now, especially because I can't leave the state. Um, but yeah, I think like it's been, it's been a speed bump for sure, but. It's just how I'm handling it. So, like now, I'm handling it by doing work in Japan and doing work in the States, and um, all from the luxury of my computer store. Johnny,
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, my congratulations what? on uh, the big debut in NXT, and hopefully, there's uh, many more NXT matches, and who knows what
1: after that to come. Oh yeah, make, I'm making my uh, official NXT debut next week against Bronson. Uh, <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> Where I take the world's weakest tsunami. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, um, thanks for your time, Jess. No, thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
2: Great to speak to Jess. He, he seems like a lovely guy too and uh, doing some fantastic stuff for the wrestling industry.
0: Yeah, and um, was working in advertising and um, decided that it wasn't creatively fulfilling and bent on himself. So you can actually, his story is very similar to a lot of... Um, a lot of pro wrestlers in that he decided that, you know, I'm going to bet on myself and see what happens. And he's kicking goals.
3: Yeah. yeah. He, you
0: know,
3: he got a straight into the business, just go to new Japan and Marty's girl and bang, he's off to the races. And now he's on NXT takeover shows and, you know, sky's the limit. Obviously he's going to get more eyes on his designs and more and more wrestlers will, uh,
0: come out of it i think i seriously don't
2: believe he'll be fully successful until he designs an on the turbuckle t-shirt
0: well our good friends at pro wrestling tees um voted him in the top 10 um wrestling artists in the world
2: really well
3: yeah well they're selling a lot of merch so yeah and and tony during have we done the interview yet or yes. to the
2: interview. No, no,
3: we've done oh, the interview. We've done the interview. I'm uh, pretty sure he mentions in there he's only going to be working with people that he actually enjoys. So I
0: don't think we'll get. No, we have no that chance. Anymore. No, yeah, we've no got chance. chance at all.
2: Uh, I tell you what, I did like about Bronson Reed though his involvement in that. What do we call it? The Tower of Doom. The four man totem pole. What was it?
0: Uh, the ladder match. Um, yeah, the, the move
2: at the end where they are all on each other's shoulders.
0: Oh yeah, I it was like a called. monster,
2: monster, monster suplex or something.
0: I um, I really enjoyed the match, the entire match. Uh, I don't, I do remember that spot, Tony. I just don't remember what it's called. Yeah. Um, but the spot with Candace is
3: magic. Yeah, that that's going to be played over and over. Um, yeah, phenomenal. But that that was a that was a great match, and you know. I you know, like you said in the interview, we are biased, but Bronson coming out of it, he's he's done himself no harm uh, to the viewers and hopefully people backstage. And I think it was an MVP performance from himself. So, upwards what, for him. What do you think of the rest was of the a good show? show, Well, one, one thing from the show, uh, Pat McAfee, the uh, former NFL punter, he has literally... No right to be as good as he is as a pro wrestler. Um, for his first match on a takeover, and obviously takeover generally is all about work rate, stuff like that. He um, he shot the lights out for his first match. That was amazing.
0: And apparently they didn't rehearse the match. A lot of it was called in the ring, which is even more impressive.
3: Yeah, that's... Well, that shows how good Adam Cole is. But have confidence in Pat to do that. I know the story Pat was a few months ago. He was drunk one night and he, he bought himself a ring and set it up in his backyard. So he's been um taking bumps and having people over to teach him to wrestle and uh, he's a natural athlete. That um Yeah, you know, that leap to the top rope for the suplex, you know. Uh, yeah, it was an amazing match. And it wasn't smoke and mirrors where you have just a celebrity in there. Uh, he's he's a professional wrestler.
0: I was outspoken in disliking Pat McAfee um, when he first started with WWE. But um, he's got that arsehole jerk um, persona down. So I'd like to see more of him.
3: Yep. yep.
0: And Which if he can work in the ring as I'd well. A,
3: yeah. And he can work in the ring as well. So it's such a bonus. He's already got the character side down, we know. Um, and now, obviously, he, he can work a match.
2: Uh, Keith that, Lee losing the title to Cross. What's next for Keith Lee? I, I was shocked by that.
0: Uh, he's debuted on Raw today.
2: Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. There you go. So yeah. I didn't think that would be too far away.
3: Yeah, him, him and Randy Orton are having a match at Payback on the weekend.
2: Oh, there you go. We got Beautiful.
3: Another, we got another pay-per-view in the weekend coming up. So, yeah, I thought it was a bit of a shock, you know, It's only a couple of months that he's held the title. Normally, they have a long title reign, but they must have big plans for him on their main roster. So, I haven't watched Raw today um, to see what the angle is with Randy, but Randy's been on fire the last couple of months, so it's not a bad bloke to get in the ring with.
2: In the the interview with Triple H last week and that press conference, he did mention that him and Keith Lee had been talking a fair bit about some of the wrestlers through NXT. So, obviously, he's fairly... Close with management, one would think, they they see him as being a sort of a a listener, a, a, a sort of a a person that can help the business move forward.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, he's obviously got a pretty good mind for it. He's very entertaining, man. A lot of charisma. So, um, I I think the sky's the limit for Keith Lee.
3: Yeah, I th- I, th- I think so too. Getting him in the ring with um, a seasoned pro like Randy Orton, hopefully he can pick up the win and let's see how far they, they can push him to the moon.
2: Yep, yeah, exactly. Another big uh, weekend for wrestling, of course, SummerSlam guys. What did we think of that?
3: I thought it was a pretty good show. I thought it was a pretty good show. There were some matches that paid off some storylines, some storylines that are going to get furthered. Um, you know, most of the matches were, were pretty good actually. So, you know, the, the Mandy and Sonya match I thought was really good. The character work in there, the long the story that they've been telling. I thought that was really good. Um the Seth and Dominic, you know, that that was good. I really liked Seth trolling with the uh nineteen ninety six Halloween Havoc Rey Mysterio gear. Uh the Yeah,
0: I thought that was the, fantastic. Uh,
3: yeah, just to think on that level, um, which is good, you know, like Probably only the hardcore section are going to get it, but you can give those little bit of
0: dangle those carrots to the hardcore fans. It's uh, it's good. I um, I think that Sasha and Bailey are currently telling a story that in ten years' time we'll still be talking about the real slow burn. Um, and there was a good callback in that match where, if you remember, when Asuka lost her title, um, it's because Kyrie Sane was was calling for Asuka to help her and save her. Um, at the end of that match, Sasha was calling for Bailey to save her, and she didn't come. So yeah. they' go into a tag team match um, at payback, and um, that story will continue. But I think that um, it's actually really good long-term storytelling, which is something we don't see a lot these days. Um, but the show was fantastic, and the Thunderdome adds a lot to the presentation. Uh- the uh,
2: the way that they presented the crowd was absolutely fantastic we've seen a few sports try to do that this was the best I've seen so far in the last 3 or 4 months of anyone trying to do it the crowd was so active throughout the whole thing and they were very their presence was there you could see it and feel it it was great in some crowd members you could probably see it probably a bit too much for uh, WWE's liking
0: um yeah i just think it it adds so much to the presentation. It made SummerSlam feel um, special.
3: Yep, yeah, that's a good call-out. Yeah, re- re- wrestling was important again. Those wide shots yeah. that they did Great. Was, it made the arena yeah, look re- amazing. A- yeah. Amazing. So, you know, oh, hopefully the fans can be more involved and get a bit more rowdy on there and, you know get these, this is awesome chance that everyone really wants. at home. The uh,
2: the tag for SummerSlam was they didn't see it coming or something like that. One thing we didn't see coming was the Roman Reigns running at the end. And gee, that's really set him up for a really interesting few months ahead, I reckon, into how they're going to develop this character and this uh, persona now of Roman Reigns. Will he be a, a heel? Will he be a face? Will he be just a... A nondescript where he just takes on everybody. Thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I didn't see it coming at all. I was expecting maybe retribution to have something to do with the end of the pay per view, but seeing Roman come out, um, no gimmicks, no chest protector, just looking ripped, absolutely ripped, and like an ass kicker. Um, that's the Roman Reigns that could put WWE on his back and people can get behind it. I, I think um, getting rid of the gimmicky stuff will really add a lot to um, to his presentation and I can see the crowd really going with him.
3: Yeah, I really want to see him. Um, I mentioned to you guys after i seen it, you know, the go, go with that lone wolf. He doesn't trust anyone. That intensity that he had in that, that segment he needs to have that all the time. Cause I think that's where you know, sometimes he gets lost in the WWE machine being that trying to be that larger than life character, um, you know, just be that lone wolf. He can wrestle heels. He can wrestle um, the baby faces and just don't trust anyone. Um, if he's about... going to
0: be a heel, we know that they'll put the belt on him this week. If he's going to be heel because yeah. um, that'll turn the crowd. Um, if he's a tweener, like you're suggesting, he maybe doesn't win it. But I do want to see him wrestle Edge at some stage. So yeah. um, that's one and match that I really want.
3: And Edge wants, wants that match as well. He does. So, yeah. Uh, we talk about didn't see it coming, Tony. Um, obviously, I don't get to watch the pay-per-views live. I wait until I get home from work. You know, In our group <laughs> message, you did spoil it for me. Even though you did try and delete it, you said, oh, Roman
0: looks angry. And well, one of us asked um, very, uh, you know, cryptic- I, I didn't want, I cryptically asked if you wanted, if anyone had seen it because I didn't want to ruin it for anybody. And then Tony said no. And then five minutes later, gee, Roman, Reigns looked angry. I'm like, <laughs> uh,
3: and, sorry. And I've opened it up. I've read it. And then the and next message comes. The next message come through, and the the previous Roman one was deleted. I was like, "Well, I won't bring it up in the group. I'll go and watch it now." Um, so I did see it coming. Uh, that's, that's a beautiful. And it, was still enjoy- and it was still enjoyable, though, Tony.
2: It was a beautiful uh, segue to payback, because I'm Payback's sure that'll rich, come Tony. at some point. Uh, what are our thoughts of it coming up, boys?
0: Um. It's interesting because I thought that something would happen that needed to be paid back um, quickly, and I don't know that it did. I don't know that there's a reason for this pay per view to be happening so quickly, um, other than they want to show off the new stadium. But um, we'll see because I feel uh, retribution. Maybe this is when they'll get unmasked. Who knows? Yeah. Well,
3: you got the you got the triple threat of Bray, Broad and Roman, Roman was yelling at SummerSlam. You know, I made you. You know, you're nothing without me. Maybe he has a bit of payback. I don't know what his story. You know what he's talking about. Maybe there's some payback there. I'm not too sure. Uh,
0: but it was good because it made them allowed them to have a three hour SummerSlam and not have a super long show. Because now they have a, they'll have a three hour show this week or two and a half hour show. And the guys who didn't get on the pay on the pay per view. Um, the guys and girls that can get on the pay-per-view, some of them will get the opportunity to wrestle. Yep.
2: That's a really good match, I think, for coming up, Keith Lee and Randy Orton. I'm really looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, me too.
3: Me too. I've been high on Randy. I'm not normally the biggest well, fan of Randy Orton, but what he's done the last few months, I've, I've been really high on. How good was his
0: title match against Drew McIntyre? Yeah,
3: yeah so good. Every, everything was done with a purpose and everything meant something. Um, he made Drew look like a like a killer in there. And then, you know...
0: Just a really good pro wrestling match.
2: But yep. you know what the great thing was also? The great thing for that was for Drew. Because it's been mm. a long time since he's actually had a good match like
0: that. Yep, but He's had good matches. I, I don't think he's had bad matches as champion. No, but this um, was a
2: cracker match. He, he hasn't... Yeah, this was a...
0: This was... If this had, had a crowd, this is almost um defining. Um it it felt different. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it certainly did. Uh speaking of WWE, before we have a look at AEW Dynamite, Renee Young has left WWE.
0: Yeah. Um so she's going on to greener pastures. So it'll be interesting to see what she does next because um she's one of she's close to the most talented broadcaster and personality the WWE have had for the last ten years, if not ever. So it should be a huge loss, but she might have been underused a little bit. So um it's probably not going to be felt as much as it should. But um yeah. she'll be a huge loss to the industry. Yeah. Well
3: she she's gonna basically end up wherever she wants to end up. The offers coming at her, you know, ESPN, the NHL. Um
0: I assume she's already got something.
3: Yeah. She She's going to end up where she wants to. And,
0: you know, it it's, won't it's be good. wrestling. No, I don't think so. Uh,
2: massive episode of AEW Dynamite
0: coming up, guys. No, not coming up. The one the last week was... Uh, oh, last was week. Saturday was it okay? One. Yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was huge. Um, that uh, wall-to-wall sort of action and surprise title changes. It was amazing.
3: Yeah, re- really good. Yeah, the last five to six weeks of Dynamite has been really good. Um, you know, great matches, wall to wall, like you said. Um, you got a little bit of the uh creative pro wrestling if you want to, you know, you got the Mimosa match coming up of Chris Jericho versus um Orange Cassidy or what do you call him, Orange County, County uh, Tony. And I'm assuming Hawko will be the guest res- referee for that. He's pretty he good. He does with like mimosa. A mimosa. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, so you got that. Pro wrestling, fun stuff, but the wrestling, the in-ring action, is um, of, a, of a high caliber. And well, Cody Rhodes lost his title and got totally squashed and decimated by Brody Lee.
0: So yeah, um, that was um, and that's to Cody's story arc is really interesting one. So we'll see where that takes us next. Yeah, the brutal beatdown
3: after the match, I, yeah, put it right over the top. It was good.
2: Uh, We should also mention, too, guys, that uh, coming up and starting on Friday, the 4th of September, that's uh, next Friday, MCW Wired start their podcast, the MCW Wired podcast, uh, and their first guest is Lockie Hendricks.
0: What a great first guest.
2: Yeah. Great uh,
0: guest. Yeah, fantastic.
3: Are they going to do listener questions,
2: Tony? You
0: should get get involved. It's already been recorded, I think,
1: and they did do listener
0: questions. Oh. Oh, there you go. Um, Tony's usually five days behind on his social media, so yeah, he's sending the questions in now. I'm yeah. Only five. <laughs> I'm being kind. Yes. Um. But yeah. So uh, obviously, MCW trying to find out a way to keep content coming out, which is um, a challenge at the moment. So uh, starting the podcast, which will be uh, fun, and we wish them luck. Yes. And yes. if and if you
3: really want, you know, if it all goes well, and it. He goes, well, you can listen to the Lockie Hendrix episodes that we've had on here, Tony. Been good. Yes,
2: exactly. The, your battles That's with him. Nice. and Yeah. You know, Actually, the, we, might, the... we might do a throwback Friday, next Friday. You come up against him. <laughs> Head to head. We'll not be doing,
3: like we'll not be doing that. Just, just to
2: remind them who the best podcast in Australia <laughs> is.
3: Counter-programming, Tony. You're going to go down that path, are you?
2: AEW, AEW versus NXT, it's on. <laughs> uh, guys, always great to catch up with you. We'll do it again next week we will look forward to it. it thank you for joining us folks we'll catch you again right here on the turnbuckle